Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, chapter number 8. We're going to talk about serving the Lord for the rapture. In other words, with what time we have left. Amen. And uh, being busy. Uh, we have a picture here we're going to look at. And I want you to follow along with me in verse 26 of chapter 8. We're going to start and read down to the end of the passage. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Now, stop here for a moment. This is the same Philip who was a deacon in the church in Jerusalem. The same Philip that went and preached in Samaria. Matter of fact, he had just got done preaching in Samaria. Uh, we looked last week at uh, Simon the sorcerer, the event there in Samaria. It says in verse 26, The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, and eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and setting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scriptures, which he read, was this, and he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both in the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, notice the phrase here, caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm excited tonight to think about the opportunity we have to serve you. And Lord, what a wonderful passage we read here of Philip sharing Christ. Lord, obeying you, following your will. Lord, I believe there are many that we come in contact with daily that we could share Christ with, that we could preach Christ, that we could see, believe that you are the Son of God as we see this Ethiopian eunuch believed. Lord, I pray tonight that as we examine this passage, you would light a fire in our soul. Lord, we would be wanting and willing to serve you until you call us away. Bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Our kind of central thought or theme that we're looking at tonight, we take from verse 39. It says, and when they were coming up out of the water, so they're baptized and they're walking up out of the water. 
the Spirit of the Lord, notice the words, caught away Philip. That the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. I don't pretend to understand exactly what God did here. But I notice the words caught away are the same words that we read about one day when God is going to catch us away as we're going to be uh, caught up together with the Lord in the air. I read about a man in the Old Testament uh, by the name of Enoch. Enoch, the Bible says, was not for God took him. Uh, I believe God caught him away. We read about the prophet Elijah. Elijah was caught away in a chariot of fire uh, as he went to heaven. Uh, I believe in a very graphic way here, God is reminding us with, with Philip. And I, I literally think that uh, this was the first transporter incident on earth. How many of you grew up watching Star Trek? Uh, remember, beam me up, Scotty. I think the Lord just brought him somewhere else. I, I, the God, God can do that. I, I believe that's what happened. Maybe the Lord caused it so the eunuch wouldn't see Philip go away. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't argue doctrinally over either one of those things. Uh, all I know is the Bible says Philip wasn't found until he was somewhere else. But he was caught away, the Bible says here, of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. Uh, I believe that he was caught away suddenly. I personally believe the Lord literally took him from where he was and he was gone and put him somewhere else. One day, Christian, I'm going to be taken away. And I'm going to be somewhere else and I'm not coming back. I'm not going to have a chance to turn around and come back and I'm going to be gone. So we see here that Philip served the Lord until the Lord took him away and then he continued serving the Lord where he was. I want us to think about serving the Lord before the rapture, before we're taken away. We see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, we know that day is coming. We don't know when it's coming. We know it's coming. Uh, we know the Lord is returning. The Bible says, comfort ye one another with these words. Uh, so we see that thought. But I want to not focus on Philip getting caught away. I, I don't want to focus on the fact uh, of our catching away, although we will be. I rather want to talk about tonight how we should serve the Lord until that day comes. And I believe we see some things here in this passage that we can learn and see. We're going to look at Philip here and uh, see some answers to the question. Look at verse 26, and then we're going to see in verse 29. Number one, he was living in close fellowship with the Lord. He was living in close fellowship with the Lord. Verse 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go towards the south, unto the way that thou goest down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Notice verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. We see that God spoke to Philip. God spoke to him. And Philip heard him. How many of you have spoken to me before and I didn't hear you? That happens a lot because I can't hardly hear. But God spoke to Philip. And Philip heard him. Philip must have been in touch with God. He must have been in fellowship with God. Because God, and listen to this statement, God doesn't shout his orders. God doesn't shout his orders. He spoke to him, and Philip heard him. 
sometimes God speaks very quietly. God spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. We need to live in such close touch with God that we can hear him. I have a problem with hearing. My problem comes with background noises. I have hearing loss and a bit of background noise, and I can't distinguish sounds. Spiritually, a lot of times, that's our problem as Christians. It's the background noise of the world, the background noise of the devil, the background noise of the flesh that keep us from hearing what God is saying. But Philip had a relationship, a close fellowship with the Lord. Christian, I believe that we should have a close fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We can have that close fellowship as we walk with him through his word. We can have that close fellowship as we talk with him through prayer, as we keep in touch. Uh, 1 John, I want to read for you very quickly. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 28. The Bible tells us there, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Whenever we don't have a close fellowship, we bring shame to Christ. We bring shame to our life when we're not listening. We're not paying attention. Philip had a close fellowship with the Lord. Number two, Philip was available. Philip was available. It's pretty clear here in our passage in verse 26 and verse 29, God speaking to Philip, that Philip was available. He was ready to be moved around by God. He was ready for God to take him from where he was and if need be, take him somewhere else. Christian, we need to be available. Too often we want to block our schedule to God and say, God, I'm, I'm really busy with my life, you know, maybe next year. You know, I, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll carve out 30 minutes for you, but I'm too busy right now, God. I, I don't have time to, to give you anything now. I'm not available. How many of you, when you go to a hotel, the first thing you do is put the do not disturb sign on the room? Anybody else like me? That's the first thing I do. I, I, I want to be left alone. I don't want people coming in my room. I, I don't need them to clean my room. Leave me alone. If I'm in a hotel, don't bother me. I don't want to see you. I, I don't want room service to come in. I, nothing. Uh, put that on the door. Stay away. Uh, if I need something, I'll go ask for it. Uh, I just you know, leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. I'm in a hotel. Let me rest. Don't bother me. Too often we hang that on the door of our heart. Hey, God, don't disturb me. God, don't bother me. Leave me alone. But Philip was available to the Lord. We could go back in our text, if we go back to verses 5 through 8, we see that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. He was available. He went and preached in Samaria, by the way, a place where no, nobody wanted to go. Nobody wanted to preach in Samaria. They hated the Samaritans. And can I tell you, the Samaritans hated the Jews. It was a two-way street. They didn't want to be there. Nobody wanted them there. 
But Philip was available to go and preach there. And then we see in verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, Arise, go towards the south, go down to Jerusalem, to the Gaza, which is the desert. Man, if God called me to go preach in the desert, Brother Ahmad, I, I don't think I'd obey him. I don't like the desert. Uh, it's too hot there. But Philip was available. He was available. I want you to think about where Philip was when God called him. Philip was in the midst of a great revival. I mean, when you think about what is happening in Samaria, it was such a revival that Peter said, we got to go see this. I mean, we got to show up. We got to find out what's happening there in Samaria. And they went, wow, it's a real deal. And people are getting saved and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And man, it was wonderful. And then God said, okay, Philip, I need you to go somewhere else. It would have been real easy for Philip to say, God, I, I'm going to stay here. I like it here. I mean, God, you're doing something here. I'm happy with what I'm seeing here. And God said, nope, you're done here. Go somewhere else. And Philip was available. I don't know that Philip understood, but he obeyed because he was available to God. His main concern, I believe, if we look at Philip, his concern was, God, what do you want? God, where do you want me? What do you want from me? Where can I go? I had the privilege in the last year of his life to get to know a, a hero, a dear saint of God. His name was Dr. Maurice Paulson. Most of you other than that on my lips will never hear his, word, hear his name. Dr. Paulson was a missionary. He was a missionary in Lebanon, a missionary in Africa. He spent his life sharing Christ in difficult places. In his later years, he went and taught missions in Bible college, and his health was failing. He was in his 80s, I believe. And I got to know him. I was a young college student, and I decided that I wanted to get to know him. I wanted to have an opportunity to learn from him. I wanted to just be around him. So at lunchtime, I would wait until I saw him walking down the hallway, and I'd walk with him, and sometimes with the Phil Pins. My daughter knows Phil Pins. Probably one of the best men that walks this earth today, Phil Pins. I love Brother Pins. Good man. I would walk with Brother Pins sometimes, and with Brother Paulson always. I'd go with him to lunch. I'd just follow them. I'd ask Brother Paulson, hey, can I carry your briefcase? I'd carry his briefcase. I'd carry his tray of lunch for him. I'd sit down. I'd just set the table. I wouldn't dominate the conversation. I'd just stay there with him. And I'd ask, hey, can I get you a coffee? Do you need anything else? I just wanted to, I wanted to help him. I wanted to be around him. I just wanted to learn from him. I believe Philip was just wanting to find out, God, what, what do you want next? He was available for whatever God wanted. Why is it God chose Philip? He was available. Peter could have gone. God could have sent John, James. He could have sent Thomas. By the way, Thomas wasn't a doubter anymore. But he sent Philip. Philip was available to the Lord. He was obedient. Remember, God went to a prophet by the name of Jonah. And he said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, that great city, 
and cry against it, prophesy against it, go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, I'm going this way. And God had to bring a whale, <laughs> had a great storm and a whale, and finally Jonah was carried by the whale, and the whale's belly puked up on the shore, and he ran, broke a world record of running with whale puke all over him. Not a video you want to ask to see in heaven. I don't think it's going to be a pleasant one, especially if they have smell-o-vision. But he went and preached, but he first disobeyed. Philip was available. Number three, Philip was ready to obey God. He was ready to obey God. Notice verse 26 and verse 27. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And the very next verse in verse 27, And he arose and went. God spoke. Philip obeyed. We see that verse 26 and 27. Look at verse 29 and 30. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near, join thyself to his chariot. And verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him. As soon as God spoke, Philip obeyed. He went. God said, Hey, go to the chariot. <laughs> Bible says Philip ran. Did you know we don't know how far it was? I mean, it may be that, oh, there's the chariot. It may be that Philip went, oh, the chariot's over there. And God said, hey, go. He ran. All we know is that he was ready to obey God, and he obeyed as soon as God spoke. If you'd asked Philip when he was running, hey, what are you doing, buddy? You know, it's hot here, right? This is, this is Gaza. This is the desert. Why are you running? This isn't a running ground. Because God called me to go. We need to be ready to obey and obeying instantly. What does God want us to do? What's God given us already and told us to do that we go, just wait. Someday, maybe. Not right now, God. But Philip obeyed immediately. Number four, Philip was living to win others. He was living to win others. His concern was bringing others to know the Lord. We see that in verse 4 through 8 as he preached in Samaria. He preached Christ. And we see that in the passage we read this evening as he preached uh, to the Ethiopian eunuch. Look at verse 40. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Where was he? He was preaching. I've shared my testimony before of the man who came to our home. And we were living in the little mobile home in Ruskin, Florida. One of my dad's co-workers, one of the white hats, I don't have had a white hat. I don't have it here. It's in the office now. Uh, one of the foremen on the construction job came to his home, my home, when I was a four-year-old little boy and knocked on the door trying to share Christ with my family. And he came back again, and he came back again, and he came back again. 
And for two months, that man came every week. Because of that man's faithfulness, my family got the gospel. I had the privilege while we were traveling, raising financial support years ago to come and plan a work in some weird city by the name of Edmonton. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, we were traveling in the southern U.S. When I was driving through West Virginia, I was preaching, and I was going to be preaching in Somersville, West Virginia. And I knew that the man that I mentioned, his name is Larry Sanford. I knew he lived an hour or so away from that area. I messaged him, and I said, hey, I'd love to see you. He didn't know until I was already graduated from Bible college and or traveling on deputation. He didn't know even that I had gone to Bible college. He didn't know much of the rest of the story of our family. He agreed to meet me. McDonald's in Somersville, West Virginia. And I drove down to Somersville. He drove up to Somersville. And I went to the McDonald's and I walked in and I, I knew what he looked like. I hadn't seen him in years and years and years. I think the last time I had seen him, I was five years old. And I couldn't find him. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. And I finally looked and I saw him. He was sitting in the corner table. He had a Bible opened. And he was sharing Christ with about an 80-year-old man. There in that McDonald's. Not a perfect man. But a man who was still telling others and living to tell others about Jesus. Christian, our lives need to be about telling people about Jesus Christ. I'm sure glad that he told my family. Aren't you glad that somebody told you about Jesus? I'm glad somebody was living in such a way that their life would impact my life and my family would get the gospel and I would know him later. Christian, we need to live as Philip was living to tell others about Christ. How do we live? How do we live to win others to Christ? Letter A tonight, he was on the lookout for souls. He was on the lookout for souls. I talked to Elizabeth the other day. She called me. That's my daughter. How many of you know Elizabeth? Uh, she called me, or I called her, and she told me that her and Rebecca went shopping. They went thrift shopping. How many of you like to go thrift shopping? That's, uh, that's where you go buy thrifts. And they were at Goodwill, and I don't know where they went. But Lizzie said that as they're going, Rebecca was getting mad at her because Lizzie was seeing all the good deals. And I don't know, maybe they had a, a boxing match in the store. I'm not really sure. Uh, Rebecca probably tried using jujitsu, and Lizzie just pulled a gun. But <laughs> Lizzie was seeing the good deals. She was looking. She was watching. She was seeing the good deals. She sent me pictures of all this stuff she found. Why? Because she was looking. You know what I would have found if I went there, Brother Mud? Nothing. Because I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I got, I, got enough, I got stuff I need to take to Goodwill. I don't want other people's junk. I, I, I go, yep, yeah, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm done. I, I'm not looking for anything. But they were looking. The reason we don't find souls is we're not looking for them. 
Philip was looking. Verse 27, it says, And he arose and went and beheld a man. He looked, he was looking for him. How did he find the Ethiopian eunuch? He was looking. So how do we live to win others? Number one, be on the lookout for souls. Letter B, he was no respecter of persons. Some of us, if we looked, oh, that's a powerful man. That's a rich man. Oh, that's a man with a lot of servants. That's a man with a different skin tone than I have. That's a man from a different background, different culture, different language. Now, I'll wait for somebody that looks like me. I'll wait for somebody on my level. But he was looking for everybody. I'm sure glad that he went and preached the gospel to that man. He had all kinds of excuses he could have had. By the way, he had just preached in Samaria. He was no respecter of persons. He was willing to tell anybody, anybody, about a God that made him a somebody. And I praise God that we see him here. He, he went and shared the gospel with that Ethiopian eunuch, a high-ranking official. As far as we know, he didn't hesitate. He, he went there to tell him. Let her see he was tactful and respectful. Let me, let me help you with something. When you tell people about Jesus, when you're sharing the gospel and giving out a gospel track, be respectful. Be tactful. You know, it could be that I talk to someone and, say, hey, and, I, and they're not interested in the gospel. It could be that next year or two years from now, Dave is going to talk to that same guy. But Colton's going to talk to him or Jeff's going to have a chance to have a conversation. Don't close the door. You know, I, you don't want to, I blank you then. No, that, that's not the answer. I know sometimes, I know sometimes your fuse gets a bit short. I know sometimes that last nerve gets stepped on. But let's be tactful. Uh, be respectful, let her see there. Look in verse 28. Verse 28, the Bible says, uh, when he was returning and setting in his chariot, he read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Well, what a wonderful approach. Hey, does that make sense? I, I don't know how many times, and I know I said, it last, I said it last Saturday. I don't know how many times I've said to somebody, Hey, do me a favor. They're trying to go. I said, I know you don't have time right now. Would you read this? And if you have any questions, or you just want to talk about it, call me. Philip said, hey, do you understand? You know what I don't understand? Well, I mean, this guy, is, is this the, the prophet? Who's he talking about here? What a wonderful approach. He was tactful. He was respectful. Letter D, he was armed with the word of God. He was armed with the word of God. Verse 30 through 35 tells us that Philip started in Isaiah and he preached Christ. He knew the book. He knew the Bible. The book of Ephesians, I read very quickly for you. 
Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Don't go unarmed. And by the way, I, I don't mean don't not have a Bible with you. Most of you always have a Bible with you. You can always find the Word of God. But can you find it here? Can you find it here? He was armed with the Word of God. Uh, he, he used the Word of God to tell him about Jesus Christ. Letter, letter E, he was living to win others to Christ by pointing the needy soul to Jesus, not to himself. He didn't say, hey, you follow me. You do what I say. You, 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 you be like me and you'll be okay. The Bible says he started at Isaiah and he ran straight to Jesus Christ. He pointed him to Jesus. We need to point people to Jesus, not to a church. I praise God that we have a, a, a local church that so we can gather and grow in. And I love this church. But I don't point people to this church. Someone needs the gospel. They need to see Jesus Christ. They need to know Christ. And praise God, I, I believe with all of my heart that God's plan for uh, believers to be in a local church and to be growing. But for the gospel, they need Christ. They need to be pointed to Christ. He preached Christ. By the way, he did the same thing in verse 5. He went to Samaria. He preached Christ. He went over here to Ethiopia and Eunuch, reading the, uh, the book of Isaiah. He preached Christ. He just kept running to Jesus Christ. We need to keep pointing people to Jesus Christ. Verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached to him Jesus. Letter F, how did he live to win others to Christ? He wanted the new convert to be established. To be established. We, we looked last week at Simon the Sorcerer. I believe, and like I said, this is riceology here. I believe Simon was so excited, or Philip was so excited that this sorcerer said he believed that he just wanted to say, yep, this guy believes. No question about it. Yep, and what a blessing. And I think he wasn't as careful as he should have been, uh, making sure he was established and understood and was careful there. I like hot wings. I like hot sauce. I ate some hot wings one time that they made me sign a waiver, Brother Ahmad, before I ate them. I went, I ordered them. They came out with a piece of paper. Okay, you have to sign this waiver. We will not bring you the hot wings uh, because if you know if you get sick, you die. Um, we're not liable. That should have been a sign. I shouldn't eat these, but I did eat them anyway. They were nothing but capsation. They were disgusting. But they were concerned. Hey, make sure you know what you're doing here. We see here that Philip wanted the new convert here to be established and understand, uh, taught him about baptism, explained to him about believing and understanding and believing the Lord Jesus Christ. I love, I love verse 37, and Philip said, If thou believest of all in the heart, thou mayest. He didn't say, if you, Well, if you go to church, he didn't say, If you take a, a course, then finally you can be baptized. No, if, if you believe. That's the only requirement for baptism. If you believe with all your heart, if you're truly born again. He wanted him to be established. He wanted him to grow. He wanted him to take that next step of obedience. Letter G quickly, and then one more point I want to give you tonight. Letter G, he was living to one others to Christ. Philip got out of the picture. Now, 
God did this. But I love, I love verse 40, uh, verse 39. And when they were coming up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went in his way rejoicing. If we go back to the Gospel of John, and I'll read for you quickly, John chapter 3 and verse 30. We see the words, he must increase. I must decrease. We're to get out of the way. He'd done his job. He got out of the way. Christian, we need to get out of the way. We need to stop getting in God's way. We need to stop being a stumbling block for others. We need to do our job and, and get out of the way. And, and just push ourselves aside. We must decrease so he can increase. I said he was living to win others for Christ. But also, number five in our notes tonight, Philip was a spirit-led, spirit-filled man, lastly. We learn from verse 29 in our text. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to his chariot. Verse 39, and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. He was spirit-led and spirit-filled. How important it is that we need to anticipate the Lord's coming again. And as we know that day is coming, we need to be spirit-led and spirit-filled. We need to let God be the one that is moving us and directing us where he wants us to be. The Lord could come right now. Today I saw a picture. There was a, I didn't see it outside, but I saw a picture on social media. There was a sun dog. Did anybody ever see the sun dogs today? Uh, Frost and this guy didn't. They don't let me outside in the, in the daylight. But I, I saw a picture. I had to live vicariously through others. And, you know, when there's a sun dog, you have the sun and you got the spots on either side, and it's pretty cool. Where I'm from in West Virginia, we don't have that. We, we are far enough north, the angle we are to the sun, that we get to see that. In the southern U.S., that doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. It's not a, it's not a weather phenomenon that is ever seen, ever, like not ever. Here, when it's really cold in the winter and the sun is just the right angle, it happens. I've seen it a few times already this year, or in this, this season. But I'll never forget the first time I saw it. Ever, 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 ever will I forget. I was driving north. I got off the Yellowhead. I was driving north on uh, Wayne Gretzky, or not Wayne Gretzky, on uh, uh, St. Albert Trail. And I turned north on St. Albert Trail. I turned right. Uh, there Nelson Lumber and I went in the, the frontage road of Nelson Lumber and back around to where we used to live over near where Stewart and Lois live and I was kind of coming back this way on the north side of the Yellowhead and as I turned around the frontage road and I came around the curb of the train tracks I looked in the sky and I saw I was, I was facing due east and I saw the sun and I saw it looked like two more sons. <laughs> and I stopped my car. I got out of the car. And I stood there staring up like the, like the disciples when Jesus ascended into heaven. 
And I stood there, my thought was, my honest thought was, the rapture's happening. <laughs> and I'm watching this in slow motion, like, like, what's going on? I literally, this is, the Lord's coming back. Man, there's no question, the, the eastern skies are coming open. Only he didn't come get me, Brother Jeff. <laughs> and after a while, I felt kind of dumb, Brother Bonnie. I got back in my car. I was going to drive home, and I thought, nope, I'm going to go find out from somebody what's going on. So I drove back out from the Nelson Lumber. I, I went south there on St. Albert Trail, and I turned in what is now the PB Mart. It used to be Wholesale Sports. I pulled in the parking lot of Wholesale Sports. I walked in the door. I walked to the back corner. It used to have the archery department back there, and the guy that ran it, his name was Jerry Sizer, dear, dear, dear friend of mine. I talked to Jerry last week. Jerry, Jerry lives back up in Worsley, northern Alberta now. I went back, and I said, Jerry, i got to talk to you. I was less than one year in Canada. I said, Jerry, I said, I saw something I don't understand. And I said, I need you to tell me what I saw because it's bothering me. And I explained it to him. He started laughing. He said, Brian, it's just a sun dog. I'm like, Jerry, i never seen no sun dog. I said, there's no dog in the sky. Uh, he explained it to me. But I thought, man, the Lord's coming back right now. That was 17 years ago. I believe tonight he could come back just as much as I believed he was coming back that moment I saw that. He is returning. And we need to be spirit-led. Acts chapter 13 and verse 52, if you want to turn there, we'll close with this thought. Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. He was spirit-led and spirit-filled, filled with joy. Why? Because God was leading him and God was filling him to do his work. Christian, there is no better place you can be than in God's hand, being led by God, being used by God, being empowered by God. How wonderful that is for I believe it was four years ago now, Brother Jim. Four and a half now. Brother Jim was in hospital. And I've been in California. I flew back from California. I think on the way home from the airport, I stopped in the hospital to see Jim. And Jim, you didn't look good. I don't mind saying it. You look pretty bad. You look much better tonight. But Jim looked bad. He thought he was ready to go to heaven. The Lord had other plans for him. I'm glad he did. But I left there, went home, and I was supposed to the next day, I was supposed to drive to Grand Prairie to pick up our church family. And I thought, man, I don't want to leave. I didn't want to, Jim was in hospital. I didn't want to drive away. I didn't want to be gone for the day. And I, I called the salesman. I said, hey, would it be okay if I wait until Monday? This was, I got back Friday. I was supposed to go up there Saturday, and the guy said, no, you have to come now. My, the sales manager didn't like me. Sales managers don't like me, John, and because I stole the van. And so I had to go up, and I didn't have anybody to go with me. It was just it was last minute. I had to go, and I got Lizzie to go with me. And some of you remember the little Suzuki that I had. I called it Frankenstein, or Frank for short. 
And me and Lizzie got in Frank, and I drove Frank from here all the way to Grand Prairie. 32-inch bias ply mudder tires. Little engine that I could barely go 100 kilometers an hour or 110 if it was flat in fifth gear. As soon as an ant got under the tire, I had to downshift to fourth gear or third. Longest trip I feel like I've ever made in my whole life. I told Lizzie when we got there, I said, I feel like I drove all the way to the surface of the moon. Oh, just, just the whole way, just shaking all over the place. and It was horrible. Now, Lizzie can't drive. She definitely couldn't drive then. Manual transmission anyway, but she couldn't drive it. So how did I get back? I planned ahead. That little vehicle I had a tow bar mount for the front of. We fought that thing, fought the wind, fought the roads, all the way to Grand Prairie. I went there in the dealership. We gave them the final payment for the van. We got the paperwork, got it ready to go. And it was hot, by the way. End of August, it was hot. It was miserable hot. I was driving with the windows down, and I couldn't hear from the wind smacking my face, and it was bad all the way. I took the tow bar. I put it on the front. I hooked it to the ball in the back of the van. Plugged the cable in. We got in the van. I leaned back in the seat. I started it up. I put the air conditioner on full blast. I got comfortable. We started driving. I pressed the cruise control. Praise God for cruise control. Oh. It was such a nice drive home. It was so much easier. Now behind me was that same little piece of junk. It made the same trip, but it went much faster and much smoother. Why? Because it was connected to the van. Christian, so often, we struggle and we fight and we are miserable because we're not being led by the Spirit. Philip was connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was led by the Spirit. He was powered by the Spirit. We need to be, until the Lord returns, Spirit-led and Spirit-filled. Let's pray together. Lord, help us. Lord, to be led, to be filled by you, to serve you. Lord, there's so many that still need to hear. Well, the gospel still needful. We still need to preach Christ. Lord, I thank you for the lesson we can learn from Philip. Lord, you caught him away and took him somewhere else to preach again and tell the story of the gospel again. God, would you use us tomorrow? Use us to reach family. Use us to reach others for Christ. Lord, I pray we would. Lord, I pray you'd use us. Bless us now. Dismiss us tonight, Lord, with your grace. And Lord, we ask for your perfect will. In your precious name we pray.